we all know the importance of making connections, of having powerful friends. But what if you're an introvert? What if you hate going to parties and conferences and making small talk with strangers? Are you just screwed or is there something you can do? Well, in this episode, I'm going to teach you three hacks you've probably never heard before. I've certainly never heard anyone talk about them. You can execute from the comfort of your own home without ever having to see anyone face-to-face. I've used them hundreds of times to work up from absolutely nothing and build what is truly a world-class network of billionaires, celebrities, and some of the smartest people in the world. In this episode, I'm going to show you how. I'm John Morrow, and this is Break Through the Noise. podcast about rising above all the noise out there, all the endless ads and content and notification and get people to pay attention to you. Not just for a moment, not just for one poster video. On this podcast, you'll learn how to create lifelong fans who hang on your every word so you never have to break through the noise again. What I'm about to share with you was born out of necessity. Because when I was getting started in my career, I was totally unable to travel. I couldn't go to conferences. I also wasn't in the city where there were a lot of influencers. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And it really bothered me because I felt like I was being held back. I heard stories about all of my friends going to conferences and making all of these connections and I couldn't because I'm in a wheelchair I have severe physical deformities and a severe physical disability and just traveling is extremely difficult and at that time it was you could even argue impossible so I had to figure out some way to build my network and I ended up coming up with some truly powerful techniques that are in some ways even more effective than meeting in conferences or meeting face-to-face. And I'm a little worried about sharing them because you could certainly use these in the wrong way, but I will entrust them to you. All right. Technique number one is something I call friend mapping, and it's the least innovative of the three techniques I'm going to teach you here. But in some ways, it's the most powerful. The idea here is we all have social networks. And those social networks connect to other social networks. And if you could only just map all of those out, you could figure out how to get to know anyone by introduction, right? So you could make a list of all of your friends and then make a list of all of your friends' friends and so on until you eventually found the person you wanted to get to know. Now, in practice, that's a hard thing to do, but social media has made it, in some ways, much, much, much easier. You can go on sites like Facebook, for example, and a lot of times see all of the friends you have in common, and depending on their privacy settings, all of their friends 
You can also go on Instagram or Twitter and you can see who they're mentioning in their feeds. You can get an idea of who they're hanging out with, who their friends are. You can listen to their podcasts and and see who it is they interview, who they talk about in their life. And you can start to create those networks. The most powerful of those definitely over time though is Facebook because what you can do is for every influential person you get to know and make friends with you can then ask for introductions to their friends and once you're friends with someone you can see everyone else they are friends with on Facebook. Now that doesn't mean just because you reach out to that other person that they will befriend you because you're a friend of a friend, but it does increase your chances dramatically because let's say you have a friend I want to get to know and I reach out to them, it will tell them when I friend them that I am your friend, which means that I'm at least a little bit curated. It means I'm a little bit safer than just a stranger. And this effect increases over time. Nowadays, a lot of times, when I reach out to an influencer, I'll be friends with 30 of their friends. Now, what do you think the chances are of them saying yes? It's very, very high. In my opinion, Facebook is the most useful networking tool out there. I've used it to get to know billionaires, celebrities, all different kinds of people that are on my friends list And also, I communicate with them through Facebook Messenger. People think Facebook Messenger and Facebook are just for old folks who are communicating with their grandkids. It's not true. It's easier to access a billionaire or a celebrity on Facebook than on Twitter or any other platform because it's a closed group, a closed community. And if you are inside their circle of friends, than you are in. It's so, so, so valuable. Unless you're starting from nothing. If you are only friends with your friends and family, you may be sitting here thinking, well, John, you know, chances are nobody I know knows anyone where I can climb up the social ladder. Well, if that's the case, let's go on to technique number two, because this is what I use to get started, and I call it the Twitter hijack, okay? Now, I'm going to try to walk through it slowly here so it'll make sense. The basic idea is to write what's called a guest post. So you want to write a blog post or an article for another site, an influential site. I mean, so for example, Forbes would be one of these sites. But there are lots of other blogs that accept guest posts that are substantially lower down the the authority tier than Forbes. Okay. And the reason why you want to write a guest post for them is when you publish on their site, they will send that to all of their readers. Chances are they'll get a lot of shares. And then you can see who shared your post on Twitter. Now, you might be thinking, why is that valuable? Why would I care who shared my post on Twitter? Let me walk you through it. The reason why you care is because you can then see who is getting retweeted on Twitter. 
So you can go on, you can do a search for everyone mentioning your, your name or the site's name in the period that you published the article, and you can see who was retweeted. The people retweeted the most times or chances are the most influential. You can also, if you want to take this to the next level, use tools like BuzzSumo, and they will tell you the authority level of people sharing an article. That makes it even easier. But if you don't have a tool like that, you can go on Twitter and use a simple search and figure this out. Then you can thank them and follow them and ask if you could DM them. And chances are they will follow you because they just shared what you wrote. It would be incongruent of them not to follow you. So what that means is you start building a network on Twitter. Now from there, you can send them a Facebook friend request. All of a sudden, boom, you now have someone with influence who is getting retweeted on Twitter, sharing your work inside your friend circle that you can then use the friend mapping technique on and then go through their network and climb through, okay? So when I got started from scratch, that's what I did. If you get started from scratch, it's enormously beneficial to write guest posts just for the authority, but you can also use it to begin establishing your network for yourself, and it's extremely, extremely effective. But we're not finished yet, okay? Let's say you're not a writer. Let's say the idea of writing an article for a big publication is scary to you. You're not sure if you're good enough or have enough authority. Or let's say you just want an extra technique to do as well. Well, now we're going to talk about podcasts. You've probably noticed there are lots of interview podcasts. Almost everyone has one, and they are fantastic tools for getting to know influencers. I mean, interviewing someone doesn't exactly make you their friend, but it does at least open the door. It usually gives you their personal contact information, and they recognize you when you reach out as an authority. Now, the question, of course, is how do you get big authorities to let you interview them on your podcast? People who are the most influential people in your space. You would think because you're just a beginner and you probably don't have a huge audience that you could never interview any of these people. But that's simply not true. I'm going to teach you a technique here that I call the interview name drop. That is a little bit risky. In some ways, it's the most morally questionable technique out of what I'm going to teach you but it is extremely effective. I've used it. My students have used it. And here's the idea. When you reach out to an influencer to ask if you can interview them, you drop the names of the people you hope to interview in the future, even if they haven't agreed to interview with you yet. So here's an example of what you might say in your email. I'm doing a series of interviews around blank topic, and I'll be bringing on guests like blank, blank, and blank. So for example, I could say, I'm going to be doing a series on how to break through the noise. I'm going to be interviewing people like 
Tony Robbins and Brene Brown and other celebrities, right? Now, it's not a lie. You really do intend to bring those people on your show. The only thing that you're not saying is they haven't agreed yet and they probably haven't even heard from you yet. But by mentioning those names, what a lot of influencers do, the easiest thing for them to say is, oh, those are big names. It must be safe for me to say yes. Now, not everyone is going to say yes, but a lot of them will, at least like a third of them will. And then you can use the people who actually do agree to the interviews. You can then go on in the future and say, I've interviewed people like blank, blank, and blank. So again, this is one of those things, the more you do it, the more the power builds over time. And you can use this to grow your network. Again, after you interview someone, connect with them on Facebook. Chances are they'll accept your friend request, and then you can use the friend mapping technique. All right, so those are three tactics I've never heard anyone mention before. I've used them all myself. They're all very effective. And the only question that may be on your mind is, is this really ethical to, to be quite so strategic, to be thinking so coldly about expanding your network? My answer is you should always treat people like people. If you form a friendship with someone, you should treasure it. You should respect them. You should love them and treat them just like any other relationship in your life. On the other hand, if you have influential friends or make influential friends and you do not ask for their help on something that's genuinely valuable, on the message that you want to share, that you want to spread, that can genuinely help people, then you are not being a good person. You're being a fool. And I realize that may be hard to hear. I realize that may be difficult for you to accept. It was for me when I got started. But if you're going to ever get your message out there, if you're ever going to see it spread, you have to get over the idea that asking for help is wrong or that making connections with influential people is wrong. You can still be strategic about this and treat people like people at the same time. They are not mutually exclusive. If you talk to my friends, none of them will ever tell you they feel abused by me or as anything but a real relationship. And that's because it is a real relationship. It's also one, though, that when I need something, I'm not afraid to ask my friends for help. And also, I'm always looking to make new friends in the right places. That's not unethical, it's just smart. It's just necessary. It's the price of breaking through the noise and I pay it willingly. So should you, because this isn't just about you. It's about all the people who need to hear what's inside of you. So stop being squeamish and play to win.